Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Welcome to Ask Amy from What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood, solving your parenting dilemmas one question at a time. This week's question came from Megan over email. Megan says, I'm getting so worried about social media as my kids grow older. As a mom of three, ages 9, 12, and 14, I find myself at a loss when it comes to navigating this digital landscape. My oldest, who is in eighth grade, is starting to express a desire to get social media. She keeps talking about how all of her friends have it. However, I can't help but worry about the unrealistic standards it sets and how it could affect her development and self-esteem. After a lot of digging, I've decided to let her use an app called Daily. It doesn't allow filters or edits, and you can only post real time. Its mission is to bring the casualness and realness of posting back to social media. But am I crazy for not wanting her to get Instagram or TikTok? I want her to grow up like an average kid and not miss out on the things her friends are doing. I just wish social media wasn't so toxic, especially for girls. Megan, this is a complicated one, and I'm going to start by saying what I'm going to finish by saying, which is this is a very individual decision that depends on your family and your kid and their maturity and the maturity of the kids around them. Social media, yes, it can indeed be toxic. We have an episode coming out in about two weeks with Devorah Heitner, who is the author of the new book, Growing Up in Public. It's a very useful interview and a great new book. She argues we want to teach kids to do the right thing with social media rather than catch them doing the wrong thing. And we need to keep the lines open, but not expect them not to use it. I think that Devorah would argue. So anyway, we'll, we'll get back to that thought in a little bit. I'll tell you what I think. Now, Margaret and I were both in the delay, delay, delay camp with social media compared to at least some of our kids' peers. I think in our children's case, all of our children got phones by about age 12. You're asking about Instagram in particular, but the phones were about age 12. Wait Until 8th is a great national organization. You can find out about it at waituntileighth.org, and I'll put the link in the show notes for this episode too. They suggest that you know we let kids be kids longer, and they suggest delaying on getting them a phone or at least social media until eighth grade. Even they sort of say like, okay, eighth grade is a turning point. And that's where you, as you say, are at with your oldest child. In our own children's cases, we let our kids have phones and start using social media a little earlier than eighth grade. That decision was at least somewhat affected by the pandemic. When kids were cut off from in-person social interaction, phones and social media became two lifelines for my kids. It might have been imperfect, but it was also 
felt very necessary. So I let my child start using social media at 11 during the pandemic, which maybe was a little younger than I would have otherwise, but that was a situation we were in. So both things can be true, right? That social media can be something that, yes, most of your peers are participating in. Your kid is telling the truth when she says that. So that can be totally true. And it can also be true that it might not be something so great, that your fears are also correct, that there are downsides to it. Even on Instagram, I would argue that there are stages. If your kid started an account, she could set her privacy so that strangers can't see what she's posting. She can, like my kids like to do, sort of lurk and consume without posting almost at all. My kids actually share very little about themselves. That at least somewhat addresses the privacy issues. It doesn't address the bullying that can occur. It doesn't solve that sort of low hit to your self-esteem that you take every time you scroll through your feed and you're seeing a highlight reel of everybody else's most fabulous moments. All of that is most certainly true. And I share your concerns about all of those things as a fellow parent. But if your kid is going to be an adult with social media, I would argue that being a high schooler with social media is reasonable and appropriate. You as a parent can set those limits however you want. When I was carefully rolling out social media with my own kids, there was an app that I used called Bark, which was very useful and which I highly recommend. It monitors your kids' social media with their permission. I told my kids it was there and it ran in the background. It's AI. It searches for keywords, not just in what they're posting, but what kids are sending to them. So you catch bullying, you catch discussions of drug use, you catch sexual content. When I would get an alert on my phone, it was usually something completely innocuous that the AI had flagged for some reason. But I was glad that it existed. And my kids were glad it existed because I could then say, look, I'm not going to check every text you send. I'm not going to be looking over your shoulder, but Bark is there just to make sure that you're not getting into situations that are difficult. So I recommend Bark. I'll put the link for that in the show notes too. And I do think it's a useful thing to use for a while. I don't use it anymore. But just when your kid is sort of going out into this for the first time to feel like you have some protection around them without being big brother looking over their shoulder. The most important thing is that you have to take the particulars of your own kid into consideration, whether she has differences that might make her use of social media more tricky. How far from school do you live? How far away from her friends do you live? How much work does the school do or not do around proper social media use and bullying? Maybe a lot, maybe very little. I would argue that once they reach high school, they are probably going to start using social media apps with or without your permission. We all know kids who start fake accounts, who can change the name of the app and the logo that goes with it on their phone. Our kids are quite savvy, and eventually they're going to start doing these things, whether or not we're granting them permission to do so. So I would argue that some wading into this water with proper parental oversight is probably what is appropriate for an eighth grader and certainly a kid who's starting high school, because you would rather have an open dialogue around social media usage than have her sneaking around behind your back and doing it without any oversight at all. All of this is not to say that you don't, as a parent, have a reason to be concerned. But social media is a huge part of their lives. So I think once they get to, yeah, around eighth grade, it might be better to allow some of it or some apps with some oversight, setting the rules you want with an open dialogue rather than have it become something that your daughter can't talk about with you at all. Send us your parenting questions, and we might answer yours next. Email us, questions at whatfreshhealthpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.
everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talk to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model. So that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. <laughs>